I'm being inspired by this. In the real world. With cars. And houses. And time. There live two bohemian housewives with deep Midwestern roots. Then one day, they were airlifted and dropped into the middle of Crown Heights, Brooklyn. These are their stories. Wow, Lauren, that wasn't a beat at all. <laughs> that was not a beat at all. <laughs> you know, when I say give me a beat, <laughs> that is not what I'm picturing. That's not what you're thinking or about. Yeah. hearing or whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was, um, well, we were, there was a couple things that we were talking about today, you know, texting about a little bit about what we we're going to potentially talk about tonight. And, you know... Lady Singers is on the is on the docket, and I, I was you know I've been thinking about it a little, but just to, you know giving it a little thought, and so I was thinking how can I bring it into the intro, and yeah, I just sort of wanted to yeah get into kind of like a mm-hmm. singer songwriter set the mood yeah yeah singer songwriter coffee house vibe. Oh, coffee house. Vibe. It's what I was sort of trying to get to. <laughs> yeah. I know it was a little bit more theatrical than that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking I maybe it was Broadway like, stage. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a piano playing singer songwriter coffee house kind of a girl, hmm. possibly in a fedora. I, f- I feel like I'm seeing Lady Gaga. Like Lady Gaga could really? do all those things. Oh my God! Yeah. Really? The high, the low. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I'm blown away. I was thinking more of kind of like a, you know, I mean, I'm thinking more of like Sarah McLaughlin. So. All right. Well. Right. Somewhere in between. Yeah. Lies. A yeah. special singer. Yeah. Songwriter. I mean, since we're talking about it, should we do this and then this? Yeah. Because I have my my first secret question. Oh, I see. We're... Switching the order of the segments because you're <laughs> really, really excited to spring something on me. It's not... I don't think you're going to feel caught off guard. I think it's going to feel just right. Okay. But so when we were talking about it, we were saying, well, should we talk about girl bands? Because you just recently saw Jenny Lewis and you saw the new pornographers. Mm-hmm. But we, te- we said that aren't technically girl bands. Right. So if we want to talk about them, we have to talk about girl singers that we love. And then, I, and then we were talking maybe to call them chanteuses, mm-hmm. as they which I say I say chanteuse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it one more time. <laughs> okay, I think I'll do it together, or I go you first. You go, and then I'll go. Okay, <laughs> okay, um, chanteuses. Chanteuse. <laughs> God, fail. One more okay, time. Okay, okay, okay. 
Um, are we doing the singular or plural? Um, a singular. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Chanteuse. Chanteuse. <laughs> I'm trying to make it like cowgirl. I'm probably even time. doing that wrong. <laughs> well, I'm it sounds good. It. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm owning it at least. It sounds good. Thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um so it made me think of I was as I was thinking of just women singers in general. I wanted to know, Becca, what is your relationship to Lilith Fair? Ooh, right. What's your relationship to Lilith I ha- Fair? Because I have a lot. Of information about it still in my head. Information. Yes, I'm really curious. And I just so I want to know first, like, what's your relationship? What do you feel about it? All sorts of stuff. My relationship with Lilith Fair is that I'm an alumna. Are you? (laughs) No, I mean like I went went? to Lilith Fair. Oh my god! I never. I didn't. Totally. Yeah. I'm so. Bless you. Oh, I was afraid alumna made it so like I had like played Lilith, which obviously isn't true. But anyway, that's why I clarified so fast. So I knew what you meant. Yeah. So Lilith Fair came to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to the Henry Mayer Festival Grounds. I believe they're called, aka the Summerfest Grounds. Oh. Yeah. So you Lil- are so lucky. <laughs> I know. I've seen fish there a bunch, and Dave Matthews, of course. Yeah. So there, there's this magical city on the middle coast yes. called Milwaukee, Wisconsin, dun, and dun, dun, dun. you know it's on the same like in the same positioning geographically, basically as Chicago. Shy city. But the shy, one shy thing city. Milwaukee does way better is preserve its lakefront, and so yeah. there are parks that go right up to the lake. You know, you can't build a fucking condo there. It's like it's preserved. For this the is people. land reserved for the people. Exactly. So there's like a museum. There's a park. The Milwaukee there's Art an Museum. all summer long festival. Festival grounds. So there's My grandpa's festival run grounds. was there. Oh yeah. 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 So there's Midwestern nostalgia, deep Midwestern roots. There's a festival ground on Milwaukee's lakefront, and there are just constant festivals. All <laughs> this festival yeah. ground. German and fest, it's like, yeah, every ethnic fest, background, Irish fest, music yeah. festivals, and so one of the the fests or fairs. Um, that came to the festival grounds was Little Fair, and it was amazing. Like, I got to... So who did you see? Just, like... I mean, I was really there at that point to see Dar Williams, because oh. she was my mega fave in high school and, you know, forever yes, in my Dar. heart. And so I went to yes. see Dar at Little Fair, and, like, I think I saw other people, too. Which I know I did, but... Do you know? Mm, in one, two, three? No, if I looked at the lineup, I would probably be able to remember, but I can't remember. Um... So, yeah, I was a huge Dar fan. And so was I. And got to see her at Little Fair. And I don't have, like, a ton of other memories of who I saw. I feel like Tori Amos could have been the headliner, but I'm basically just picturing them, these festival grounds and yeah. a lot of different festivals blur together. Yeah, so, sure, sure. Yeah. You know, I met, <clears throat> I met Dar at the Orpheum Theater. Yes. And she was wearing a dress during the show... And of course, afterwards, I may have been that show at that show. I saw Dara at the Orpheum Theater in Madison. Yeah, yeah, I saw her there. Okay, great. See, and she probably played there a lot. I mean, you know, she. Oh God, bless her. And I had the same dress, and so we talked about it, and like I think we even hugged. It was pretty amazing. Mm. God, I loved her, Williams. I did not get to go to Lilith Fair any of the three years, but I was very very involved in keeping up with all the information. Mm-hmm. 
understanding who was playing. I was very into it. I really, at that point, I was, you know, head first into my teenage feminist awakening. Lilith Fair was a part of that, sort of. I listened to, like, all of those people. Mm -hmm. Sarah McLachlan's two albums, Fumbling Towards Ecstasy, and the other one... Um, <laughs> the, the first two, precise. or maybe the first, second two, or I don't know what they were. But when I went on a school trip to Scotland, wow. I it was my first time leaving the country, and I we were on trains, and we were, you know, going through castles, and I had a disc man with, and I brought those two. I, I think I brought like, <laughs> you know, I I can imagine what the what the actual like twelve disc thing was full of. So did you but just like walk around castles, listening playing, to Sarah Remember you? Not like, that that song <laughs> oh, was that not. Was uh, I don't think that those are on either. That that's on either of those two. But oh man, I was just like that's deep crazy. in it, deep in the magic, deep in it. And I listened to Jewel into like pr- her first two albums pretty intensely. That's I like the to, moodiest teenage shit. Oh yeah, Tori Amos How was. Um, I mean, I listened to started. Listening to like Ten Thousand Maniacs and Tori Amos, but when, when you I was were like in the 12, castles, how old were you? Seventeen. Mm-hmm. That's great. So I loved like girl music, but like that kind. I was I was very like into the singer songwriter folky. Kind of Fiona Apple. I just I still to I mean when the pawn is absolutely I mean I mean. D'Angelo's Voodoo and Fiona Apple's When the Pawn have been consistently <laughs> my number two. I can't say which is better, but like two top two favorite albums of my life and I just so yeah so and I remember the t- when Time came out with the Lilith Fair like sec like whole cover story oh. and Jewel was on the cover and they said Jewel and the gang and it was <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin that was, was like a diss to Sarah McLaughlin it was because oh my God. they because Time Warner Jewel represented Jewel. That Jewel, a knight in shining armor. What's uh-huh. her, a knight in armor. What's her stupid book that's at every used bookstore? Oh, <laughs> I, that's when I started. Like when I couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> I really liked her first album, and I liked her second one. Okay, I kind of like stuck with it, but I just kind of gave up after that. But Sarah McLaughlin, I've always still. Tori Amos is a different level. She's just incredible on all. But yeah, I remember feeling really like gypped for Sarah McLaughlin. Like she fucking this is hers, and they're yeah. just because Time Warner represents, and this is Time Magazine. They can put they left Sarah McLaughlin out of the like the whole cover store. I mean, they mentioned her name as like playing there. I remember being very angry about. I that. love that like Jewel was like such hot shit, but like they were like, yeah, we got to put Jewel on the front. Yeah. Like yeah. she's way bigger than Sarah McLaughlin. Well, because they and they also <laughs> didn't represent her, so they were like they put all the other people that they. Oh, and Joan Osborne, of course. Oh, Joan Osborne, but she's they were playing still to this day. Radio is kind of yes. like a crazy thing that I'm remembering yes. now, like '90s, like just regular driving around. Yes, teenage radio. Not like some crazy girls by themselves. Who were tuning in from far away, and like by the way, we didn't have internet radio stations back then. So no, actually, Dar Williams totally has a song about this. Like yes. totally has a song about like listening to like far off radio stations. Yes. But anyway, like they played Jewel, Sarah McLaughlin, 
Um, Tori even. Tori. PJ yeah. Harvey got played. I mean, that's so weird because you know I, what I mean, I remember thinking in the 90s that radio like felt very mainstream to me and I wanted to like know what else was out there and like there was really yes. that sense back then that like unless you like knew somebody cool with an awesome record collection like you weren't going to be able to find that stuff. Like I feel like now it's so much easier like cuz everything's online. But there was this feeling back then where it's like, oh, how am I going to, like, discover these cool musicians? And, but there was, like, a strange now overlap. it's overwhelming, though. Yeah. Now it's, like, I You're can't right, even, I can't now. take it any, I mean, especially coming up, going through CDs at CD stores and listening to things and asking the people that worked there and, like, yeah. I mean, I just, it's, that's, I mean, it was such a part of my adolescence. It, in my, you know, my mom had a, there was a place on North Avenue, God, and, you know, oh my God! It's so you, high fidelity. Imagining you, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, do you know part of high fidelity was shot next door to Uncle Dan's. See, That's funny. Yeah, we were. I was working that day um, in in a place called Lounge Axe, which is closed, but it was an awesome club. And I could have gone in, but I was scared. Like mm-hmm. I was such a goody two shoes, I wouldn't go into. But they would have. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure they would have let me. Um, yeah, I mean, I we would there was a place called See Here, and there was a guy who would save like good music for my mom and Chad, and they would go in together and listen to good music. I mean, and then my mom and I would do it. I mean, it was just it's you, it's That's just so different loss. now. It's a huge. It's loss. so different now. I can't. I feel like There's, my mom and I both suffered. It, music was such a huge part of our lives, and it's yeah, vastly like, different now. What I want to make clear, maybe, is that like even though it's way easier to find music now, yeah, I have a feeling that there are way fewer magic moments that yes. happen in the music discovery experience, and that was really magical. I, I agree miss that stuff. So Lilith Fair had these women who were like. Played on the radio, plus like more like, like kind of underground, like only in the singer songwriter world. People like Dar was never played on the radio, right? Annie DeFranco, I don't think was ever even played on the radio, even though she feels like she has had such a huge following forever, right? I mean, XRT played her, but that yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure some people did, but. but but there were like radio stations who were playing these women. So like I guess yeah, the important thing to know is that like it was this weird world. <laughs> yeah. You already know how you could discover music then, but like at the same time, like even though music radio felt so mainstream to me, like compared to now, yeah, they were letting a lot of stuff through. There was a, and there was just and it's interesting also just like the social climate allowed for so many women's voices at one time. Yeah. It wasn't like this is the here's the couple different girls who have guitars and they play music by the, it was like saturated. Yeah. It was like we've kind of come to the saturation point. We should have a festival. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean, I mean yeah. it was so saturated that there was a festival. And I'm I mean, yeah, I just it it was I mean it certainly had a huge effect on me. Another yeah, I mean Women say, I feel like I've always also just like gravitated towards female singers. Yeah, me too. And as a conscious choice, Mm -hmm. because I know that they're not represented the same way, and I know they're going to tell the stories that I want to hear. Right. 
So should we keep talking about chanteuses? Les chanteuses. I do have, I have uh, another question. Yeah. About who I think, it's about one person, not, it's about a little bit earlier. Mm. And at that time too. But I want to just mention a queen. And I think that we haven't toasted yet today, so I think this is our time. Cheers. Whitney Houston. Whitney. Oh, man. All right, Pia, I can't believe she's gone. I can't believe she's gone either. <sighs> I remember Brooklyn was, like, pretty great about just blasting Whitney for uh, days after she died. That was pretty it was, comforting. It was. And I think that, like, gosh, talk about, like, I mean, she was a major part of my childhood. Yeah. I mean, she, she was on the radio all the time. Yeah. My dad listened to her. We, I mean, me and my dad and my stepmom would, like, sing in the car, listening to Whitney. I mean, I yeah. had Whitney tapes. Yeah. I, we had some Whitney tapes, me and my sisters. We would listen to her on the radio. I remember being in the back of our minivan, our stick shift wood paneled minivan. Yes. That Damn. The Claver family Damn. would ride around in. <laughs> it was dope. <laughs> And my sisters and I would just, like, practice over and over that, like, I believe the children are the future Whitney Houston song. Oh, my song. God. Yes. We were, like, little, like, crazy blonde girls. Yes. Like, just singing the song, like, at the top of our lungs. Like, we just loved it so much, and we would sing it in unison. It must have been so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so... I remember singing Whitney songs, like very dramatically in recess like next we would have recess in Lincoln Park Mm -hmm. and I would like kind of break away from the group and you know I mean I was probably yeah six seven eight nine that kind of age and I would like break away from the group and kind of like hang out by a tree and kind of sing Whitney songs like real, you know what I mean? Just kind of real melancholy. Softly to yourself. Yeah, softly to myself. And Rocking little, back and yeah, forth. Yeah, kind of dragging my hand down the, the the tree, the bark and branches. Oh, and maybe you maybe are kinda, meant to be a musical theater star. I mean, you know. Keeps coming up. Listen, anything is possible <laughs> at this point. I just, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Wait, back up a second. Yes. You had recess at Lincoln Park? Yeah. That's weird. Because we, the school was... And still is like half a block away from, uh, so we don't have like a field. We use the fields in Lincoln Park huh. for gym and for recess. Really? Yeah. They reserve for you guys? Um, yeah, I think. Well, I think that we like make reservations, mm-hmm. and I think we also like do. I think that the school does stuff to help like maintain the park, at least mm. what we use. And yeah, we would ha- in gym class we'd have to do two Lincoln loops, which meant run around the circle where the Lincoln statue is on North Avenue, where like Dearborn is. Lincoln loops. Yeah, two Lincoln loops. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's craziness. <laughs> Just nuts, you guys. Come on, coach. Not two Lincoln loops. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's um, funny. So, so yes, yeah, so that's so Whitney. I just I I thought that we needed. It, you know, we're talking about. I felt like. I was thinking about women who sing and who have impacted my life and girl bands I can't wait to talk about at a different time. Mm -hmm. This podcast keeps promising. Keeps promising. To be about girl bands. And I've been preparing since. (laughs) I have notes upon notes. Not really. They're just Mm -hmm. in my head. But 
and that they're there. Ready to go. They're, I'm ready. Yeah. But I will say that the things, and I, you know, again, I didn't have, I just, this is just a little bit of flash thinking, but I went 80s, oh, there we go. I went 80s, Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. 90s, Lilith Fair. Yeah. That's what I... That's good. What about 2000s? I didn't, I, I didn't get there. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100%. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I also, oh, wait, there's a, okay, mm-hmm. that was a girl band question. So yeah. Gonna, so for me, the 2000s... I can't wait to hear it. I've got it, and I've got also not exactly a same outfit as the performer story, oh, God. but I did see Nico Case in yes. a video once wearing the same shirt that I yeah. have. It's just like from Urban Outfitters. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, that made me feel great. Yes. And that is my segue into Nico Case in the 2000s, who I think is yes. just like, she's the voice. She wins. Yes. You know? She like, does. And maybe they don't play her on the radio either, but, like, she has a massive amount of fans. I yeah. feel like everyone can agree on yeah. Nico. You yeah. Know? She's she, They amazing. play her on XRT also. Mm. I also think of Cat Power in the 2000s. Yeah, time. that's a good one. That type of that's female voice is kind of like, yeah, you know. They're yeah. both really powerful. Powerful yeah. and there's grit to it. There's, yeah, there's, and there's a lot of, like, do they fucking rock? They, like, own it. You know what I mean? And they, like, are still, they're honest to themselves, but they're also just, like, hardcore. Yeah. They're badass. Yes, they're super badass. Like, Jenny Lewis, who I saw a couple weeks ago, and then Nico, who I saw at the New Pornographers, like, they're both just, like super badass yeah. you know like they're fucking rock stars it's like yeah. it's not a joke at all like they just own the stage they talk shit to anyone that they want to talk shit mm-hmm. to and it's really inspiring yeah <laughs> it, is. it is it is I mean I think that it would be you know I'm just going to say the, the, the name because I feel like it has to be said if we're talking Chanteuse <laughs> or Chanteuses. I mean, obviously, Beyonce has an enormous space oh, in this yeah. category. Right. I mean, she is, ugh, she's on a, she's in a, you know, on her own level. And which means I don't even, we don't even have to, I mean, she comes up all the time. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like, I'm trying to think, I feel like I'm missing out on, a, missing out right now thinking about, a couple like within the Jenny Lewis, Nico Case, mm-hmm. Cat Power category. Interesting. Maybe well, it's because I'm they're in girl bands and not on right. Their own. Like when we were talking about this category, it was kind of hard to figure out. Like, okay, what about the girls who? What about like Carrie Brownstein, like girl in a girl band? Uh-huh. Like that, it's not really appropriate for this. And mm-hmm. then there's also like. These women who have amazing voices but sing in other bands. I mean, Nico in The New Pornographers is in that category where I was like, I don't know if it counts because she's not singing her own songs, although, of course, she writes her own amazing songs. Right. It's like, does that count? So it's like, and then Beyonce is like maybe in a different category. So it's like, we're sort of talking about like these women singer-songwriters who write their own songs. We're sort of talking about like the women with the best voices ever. Right. You know who is a big one that I ha- we haven't mentioned yet is Amy Mann. Yeah. I really, I'm oh, like, yeah. I, I really love Amy I really Mann. loved Amy Mann. I haven't yeah. listened to her in a while. Yeah. And um, Natalie Merchant was a oh, huge God. part yeah. of my 
life. My the song "Wonder" had, is still yeah. an amazing song. The, Go look it up. That the whole the uh, in my tribe and our time in Eden are both such great albums. And my stepfather had such a crush on Natalie Merchant, and it made my mom so mad. She was like, "I don't even like her voice. I don't even. I don't even know why anybody." And I was like, "It's because it's awesome." And I liked. I loved them too. I mean, man, yeah, Amy, man. Yeah, Amy. Oh, and Paula. Okay, can I just after Magnolia? I gotta, Amy, man. Yeah, Magnolia. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I also have to give an ignore. I gotta throw one massive shout out right now. To Paula Cole. Oh boy, Dawson's here. We go. Song. Oh yeah, and yeah. here's why. Because that's it's okay. Because I'm like I a very yeah. <laughs> till I lost, till I want to know. Here's the thing. We do all our own effects. We do. <laughs> the thing is, is that that. So I'm a big Paula Cole fan. And I was before, during, and after the Dawson's Creek oh, situation. that's right. You love, like, the yes. first album or something. Yes. And because, wait, wait for it. Wait for it. It's okay. so good. Okay. You're going to... She... Okay. So she records this album, and it's... She hands it into the producer, and the producer's like, we have to change all this stuff. They change it. 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 It's finished. It's going to press whatever they're going to make CDs out of it because it's that time where you make CDs yeah she decides <laughs> the pressing, it, yeah, the, the pressing the CDs CD factory. situation so meanwhile <laughs> meanwhile Paula hates it oh, oh man <laughs> shoot she hates it she breaks her contract mm. she takes the album she re-records it with her own money herself on her own in her garage in her fucking garage she Eating gets it out there. Only peanut day. butter fucking sandwich. Sleeping in fold-out fucking beach absolutely. chairs. Okay, Absolutely. She gets it out there. She wins the Grammy for Best Album, Best Producer. What? She is the first woman to ever win it. What? She accepts the award with hairy armpits. <gasps> This is my is hero. Is that a true Paula Cole story? That is a true Paula wow, Cole story. Oh, you just dug that out of like the deep cultural archives. And yes. That's a story that needs to be told. That is a Paula story. Holy first my mind. woman ever to win. And she like the took double, her album. The double combo? No, the first woman ever to win like best producer. Or I, I think best pro- it's not best producer, but it's like best album goes to the best to the producer, okay. like the name, and then best yeah something record of the year. yeah right something one of those ones. There's like a slight difference in the name, but yeah. so and that song I don't want to wait is on this fire her first album. So are other I mean, but I gotta say, you know I don't hate that song. I don't love it. I don't jam out to it. I was not a Dawson's Creek fan though. I didn't watch Dawson's Creek. Well, so that's... that's we're going to bookmark We're going to bookmark it later. Actually, I'm not a huge defender of Dawson's Creek, although I am okay. in certain ways. See, I've lit- I think I've seen one episode once. Never watched it. And I just Netflix thought it was bogus. Solved that problem. You thought it was bogus? Yeah, I was just like, this sucks. I was like, if it's not 90210, I'm not watching uh, it. I see. Fuck this shit. I see. See, I yeah. was... I mean, this is a major tangent, but like, I was obsessed with the WB in high school. Like... All my favorite shows were on WB. It was Dawson's Creek. It was Buffy uh-huh. before they switched later. Um, Felicity. Like, I loved all these shows so much that, like, I went to USC screenwriting school, like, to become a writer for the WB. Like, that was my dream. 
<laughs> and like, yeah, I haven't entirely given up that dream. Sure. In in the way that I still think of my audience as a girl in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it never really went away. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, girls in the nineties, man. They're the best audience. They are so the if best you're listening, audience. If you're listening in your time capsule. Yeah. In your, girls in the 90s. <laughs> in your space if shuttle. If you're in there. If you figured out that whole space-time continuum problem. To and you bring can us, us back. <laughs> oh, man. You're my ideal listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. Come get us. Yeah. We're ready to party. We'll do it in a bunker or a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. So I got accused of being super 90s earlier this evening by Lauren. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because That's true. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to get a teaching job in the Hudson Valley? And then I couldn't, didn't have to like leave New York. But, you know, I would have a job or something. And um, then I just realized like a lot of Lauren's friends lived up there had recently moved from the city up there from other places up there and I realized like maybe she's got a grudge against upstate New York like Uh maybe she thinks like if you leave New York City and you move upstate it's selling out and And so this was my thought process (laughs) and then I asked Lauren like so like does that bother you when your friends move upstate like do you feel like that's selling out and then Lauren pointed out to me that I think that Becca is slightly more concerned with selling out than I am yeah so I'm more concerned with selling out than Lauren is which you know led to the realization that I am a teenager of the 90s yes like it's not just like it is a, a question. funny game I'm playing. No. I'm still invested in these same questions that are like nonsense. Like, why do I care? Like, what does that even mean to move up state is selling out? Like, that doesn't mean anything. But like, I can still like pretty much conceive of a world in which like that's the right question <laughs> to ask. Like, that's not <laughs> no not because it helpful. does it does like feel it feels like a sentiment that in reality bites like if one of those characters was like no right. I need to go exactly up it would be like what what, what? sit down get, get, this don't bogart the kids exactly exactly, exactly. <laughs> the city is the only place where life exists like where are you going to be able to steal Snickers from where are you going to be able to steal Snickers from that's exactly right how are you going to learn to fold shirts at the gap <laughs> upstate <laughs> right yeah yeah ah man yeah but so selling out, right? Like selling Ethan Hawke in Reality Bites is the is the ultimate non-sell out, right? He's well, not a poser. <laughs> I've got to say, I have to say, I feel like I was really concerned with selling out or being a sellout or being a poser because that was those are very those are the questions of our like now it's about being awkward, mm-hmm. but those are the questions of our adolescence, and so I still. I think I worked so hard to not be that, and I think in so many ways I have been it. And I in so <laughs> wait. <laughs> okay, so the question was it. supposed to be when did you first sell out, but the question is now, like when were you a poser? <laughs> <laughs> when were you a poser, Lauren? I mean, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing: is that because I think I don't know if it's like I can point to specific 
poser moments. Yeah. But I do know that, like, I devoured Anais Nin books yeah, when I was 17. Yeah, we have so much in so common. So much in common, girl. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. But I think it's because I knew, like, I had this idea of what that meant about me. Oh, if okay. I read that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Or if I spent my time at the Art Institute after school instead of you know, just going home right away and doing my homework and like, like if I went and wrote in a journal or sketched in the art institute until it closed and then walked the 40 blocks home in the dark while it snowed, like it <laughs> meant something about like, yeah. And, but I still did those things. So I still like, but you actually enjoy them, right? Like you I did mean, them for the, like the theatrical aspect, but also because you enjoyed them. I think I th- absolutely both. I mean, and I think like, you know, and then I traveled a bunch and, you know, I was so, so, and the, the privilege that of doing these tr- big trips that I would do, like, yeah. that in and of itself, like, how are you not, I mean, that's just go, just being like, I'm just going to, um, I've, well, I quit my job and I'm going to start working freelance, but now I'm going to go quick to Europe for like three, four months, maybe. I'm not sure, but I'll be back. Yeah. You know, that, so like that, I have to, you know, but with that said, I, I spent a bunch of time by myself and it was really lonely and it was really sick. Like I'd really had to confront, I mean, you know. So wait, do I going on like, fancy trips to Europe make you a poser? poser? I think a little bit. <laughs> Is that what you're suggesting? Don't you think? Like, what were you posing as in that case? Like, a backpacker? I don't know, because no, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, in some cases I stayed in hostels, but... I mean, I get the art no, girl thing, like, in the museum, like, yeah. that that's, like, a posture, but it's, like, it's there, too, you know? It's, like, you want to be that person, and so it's kind of, like... Well, I think that I just, I guess, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that I feel like, I guess there's a part of me that I've had the privilege to just sort of, you know, do the things that like, like if there's, if there's some part of like an identity that I think is awesome, like someone who goes and travels by herself in Europe, like I've had the privilege to go and do that thing. So there's something, I don't think that makes you a poster. I just think that makes you like, Moneyed. (laughs) (laughs) What's the word? What is the word? word? (laughs) But I mean, isn't there something? But isn't is is it completely authentic at this point to ever do any of this stuff? Because it's like post eat pray love world. Right. (laughs) Exactly though. Because like I go and I like I'm if I'm on it like I go to the the Le Domingo, which is where like Hemingway and Picasso sat, and like you know. is it real? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> real? Is it, is it just like, Disney World? Is, exactly, that's what I'm saying, though. Do you know what I, I mean? Know. Like, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. And, like, museums are especially, like, horrible places to try to figure that out because it's, like, is the Mona Lisa any good? I don't know. I don't know. Because I can't fucking see it because there are all these people hovered around it with cameras. And, like, yeah, it's hard to, like, really know like what an authentic experience is but that is also super 90s to like want an authentic experience which I totally do and yet like yes can realize how absurd that is that like that doesn't really mean anything but I still feel like if I, I go back to the cafe or the bar 
in Milwaukee <laughs> that's like still open after all these years. Like I'll get back to like real yes. living. Like the way things yes, were. Becca. Like I think there's like some kind of like tunneling that I can do back to that yes. time and place, which is like both absurd and like just inevitable because I am a yes. child of the motherfucking nineties. I the Third Coast Cafe, which is on Dearborn and Goethe, is like half a block away or a block and a half away from my family's house. And I used to go there in fifth grade with a friend and write the fifth grade newspaper horoscopes. Like, just just <laughs> yes. write them. Oh, my God. Can just make them please, up. Can you please do an episode yeah. called fifth, fifth, fifth grade <laughs> <laughs> newsletter newspaper, horoscopes? Newspaper horoscopes. Newspaper horoscopes. Yeah, horoscopes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, get it down. Um, and we would, there was a smoking section up back, and this was where all the high school kids and middle school kids would go and smoke, and we would kind of, like, go and... This, this friend and I were, I think both of our moms were working and single at the time. And so we were kind of like on our own 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old kind of kids and writing horoscopes and smoking cigarettes with yeah. all the high school kids. And it was super fun. And then the same place is where in, in middle school and in high school we would go. And, you know, late night it was open 20. You know, that yeah. it is still yeah. there. And when I walk in there, because it's where I go to get coffee from when I'm close to my family's house, yeah. I walk in and I there's no smoking section anymore. They have like a full menu now, but it's like the, still the same place. I still can get a raspberry scone with whipped cream yeah. and a coffee. Yeah. And I just feel like, I feel like I am I'm 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are still authentic R.E.M. is playing. You know world. what I mean? Yeah. I know. So, yeah. Authenticity. The idea that there is such thing as an authentic experience. The 90s. Super 90s. So 90s. Yeah. The idea that, like, you would think your friends had sold out by moving to the Hudson River Valley. So 90s. I mean. We are breaking down walls right now. Yeah. I, I really feel like we're just being so smart. This is so 90s smart. theory. Yeah. And 90s theory. You better take notes. Take notes, people. <laughs> yeah. I mean. So, the other side of the when did you sell out question is, when did you give up? When did you give up? Lauren, when did you give up? When did I give up? I think that the reason why that, I I was trying to remember why when did, why my response was when did (laughs) I give up to when did I sell out. Yeah. Um, I think when I gave up was when I stopped caring about selling out. Ooh. I think that that's what I was thinking about. Because, like... Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> nice! Nice! Zing, zing, zing. <laughs> yeah, it I all feel, makes sense now why these questions are intertwined. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I was thinking that... Because... Yeah, there's... I, I sometimes pride myself on it, and I sometimes um, definitely chastise myself about it, but... You know, there's some things that I feel like I do because I fucking don't care. And, like, but maybe I should make the opposite choice or, you know. But I don't know. I stopped. I I, I don't know. And don't you feel that way about your 30s, too? It's like, I just don't really care about what any... If someone thinks I'm a sellout, fuck 
you. Like, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. I just don't. I really don't care. Like, I guess that's the... So I think giving up in that circumstance for me at least was just sort of like, yeah, like I give up that fight of like... So it's not giving up at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's like gaining a mature perspective. (laughs) Is that what giving up means to you? (laughs) Isn't that funny? Oh my God. That would be it. Because um, I don't, I've always just really tried not to be mature for you must so long. Be so good. You must be so good at a- answering that interview question. That's like, tell us about like a really big difficulty you had one time and how you solved it or whatever. Because you just spun that so posy, <laughs> so fast. Yeah, I mean, I I can be good in a in those type of settings. That's really good. Yeah. All right. Well. So. When did have you given up? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Lauren, thanks for asking. <laughs> well, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. <sighs> yes, I have given up. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels good to say it out loud. Doesn't it? Cheers, girl. Cheers. Cheers. Good job. Screw it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. Out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Burn that shit up. Burn it down. Burn it down. Burn it up. Toss it in the bushes. Put it in the cauldron. <laughs> Toss that shit into the cauldron. That's right. Give it up. Let it free. I give up. I give up. You know what? I give up. You know what? I give up. I give up. I give up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good one. Well, Well, so, okay. The only other thing I wanted to remind us of Oh, yeah. There she goes. Here we go. Is that I recently saw on Instagram that... Is that how we get our ad money? I don't... I don't know. It felt... I don't know. I'm just trying to Instagram. Um... <laughs> I recently saw on Instagram that James Franco mm. will be hosting Saturday Night Live. What? With when? Musical star Stop. Nicki Minaj. I thought you were going to say Lana Del Rey. My heart was going to break. I'm so much gladder. It's. Uh-huh. I said it. Nicki yeah. Minaj. Speaking of Chantices, Lana Del Rey, we haven't forgotten about you. You were on my list. Um. Uh, December 6th. So that's really soon. And Ooh, we yeah. could watch it together. We might need to think about doing a Mystery Science Theater 3000 James Franco at the... Or at least a review afterwards. Now. At least a... Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, an edited... Yeah, yeah. We'll, we can figure that out. That could be really awesome. So that's my What's New with James Franco. And Thank you for that. It's no small thing. Big. No, it's no small thing. Big. Tune in, everyone. I bet. I bet. And Seth, then check your Seth podcast Rogan's that night because something could happen. An appearance. Big time. Big time Seth Rogen appearance. Maybe naked. I think both of them will be. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. At I least think. at some point. Because they love so. to do that. And gentlemen, we encourage you to do so. <laughs> Period. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all the time we have. On that that note, (laughs) thanks for tuning in. We are the Real Housewives of Bohemia, and you better run, run, motherfuckers. motherfuckers.